This is Billy Joel A to Z. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Would you please give a warm welcome to Mr. Billy Joel. Everybody and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z today discussing the song Prelude slash Angry Young Man. That song is the sixth track of Billy Joel's fourth studio album entitled Turnstiles, released on May 19th, 1976. Although not an actual released single, it's such a popular Billy Joel song. Live versions of this song have been released on four other albums. Elon. Christopher Bonanno's 2015 Vulture ranking 121 songs. Where does our friend Christopher Bonanno's place this classic? I'm going to say he places this at number 31. No, he puts it at 19. Okay, I'll accept that. I'm actually surprised you guessed so low. I can never tell with this guy. He is all over the place. And I don't think I would put it at 19. I think it's top 25, 30 for me. Wow. Well, interesting, you should say, the 2017 Newsday article by Glenn Gamboa, he puts it at 15. That's impressive. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, you are. Because then the fans who rank it out of 121 songs place it at 10. That's amazing. And quite frankly, Elon, I'm pretty sure it's up there for me, too. You think it's a top 10? I think it might be. You know, I don't know what it is about the song. I love the song. I just think that the way it's two different songs mixed together, I wish that the angry young man part had a little bit more to it. Really? In what sense? It's just so repetitive and musically not a lot happening. You know, it's rapid fire lyrics, which is cool. But I wish he put a little bit more into maybe melding them together into one cohesive song instead of having the song sandwiched between this prelude. I am shocked by this revelation. I assumed that since we've started the podcast, this would be the one that we would both be like, finally, you know, we, we said this with all for Lena, that there was at least a decent Billy Joel song in the A's. I mean, Allentown, we already know was a hit, but angry young man is the, for me, at least as far as we've gone, the decisive Billy Joel kind of masterpiece in a way, in a sense also that it's amazing to put a song like this with the prelude, and and as as you know, we're doing this in the A's because we both decided a prelude. Who's going to look this? It was like if somebody's going through the catalog and they're like, "Well, geez, I really want to see what they say about Angry Young Man." You know, you forget. Oh, right, it's in a prelude. Right, and anytime you hear Billy Joel talking about the song, he always calls it Angry Young Man. He's never said, "Oh, you know, my song Prelude slash Angry Young Man." <laughs> exactly. So the thing is, is that it's amazing that this song exists. Because you would think, this is it. This is the anthem. And then a year later, comes out with a stranger and does scenes from an Italian restaurant. You would really, if, of a lesser person, this would be it. This is the song. You know, the prelude? For real, like the prelude, like something that builds. And then the song. And you think, this is his anthem. This is the best he can do. And then he just goes even higher. Yeah, it was just a hint at like how great his heights could be. And, you know, it's one of his longer songs. It's got different layers to it. 
And it's a thing that people were doing in the 70s, I guess. You know, Boston the same year had foreplay long time, which also had like a big intro that didn't really have anything to do with the rest of the song. And uh, Led Zeppelin a couple of years earlier had the song remains the same, which also had a fast pumping up intro, just like this song does. And then goes into a slower version, you know. So it was a thing to do like kind of epic songs in the mid 70s. And Billy's version here is great. And I don't want, you know, I want to go back to my ranking here. Like, I'm not saying I don't like the song. I'm putting it in my top 25, top 30. That's great. It's clear to me, Elon, and everyone who's listening, you don't like the song. So why don't you just admit it? <laughs> okay, fine. People don't know this, but we recorded an hour earlier, and I said it was my 94th song. And Dave threatened to walk off the show. I'm surprised you have it in the 30s. I And when you were guessing Christopher Bananas, it seemed like you were just putting your own, like, oh, well, I'd put it in my 30s. I'm surprised. I really think this is definitely the top 20 for sure. And everybody has it in that ranking. It's it's kind of a masterpiece. But yeah, I, I mean, I get your what you're saying, but uh, there's something about this song that's so unbelievable. And again, it, let's just say I started enjoying Billy Joel from Glass Houses on, right? Being the age I was or whatever and discovering Billy Joel and then having to work backwards. I didn't know where this song was. I didn't know where it came from. All I remember is the opening staccato piano which i was like i've never heard anything like that in my life and when i was in college and getting into billy joe when the nylon curtain was out and i discovered this song i remember asking and i think it was this girl claudia minervini <laughs> i remember asking her how do you suppose he does that on the piano and you know in playing the piano and playing a few billy joel songs or wanting to trying to figure out how he does it and i used to and we're, we're on you and i are on zoom and i I'm showing you with my fingers. I used to hit it with my index fingers, the keys, uh-huh. to see, you know, maybe this is how he does it, and like a like an old-fashioned typewriter, as fast as humanly possible. But that isn't how he does it. The weird part is when we've watched the videos, and in 1982, from a Long Island performance, they have a close-up because in 1982 is already a classic, so they made sure they had a camera close-up on how he does it, and it's still so fast. It looks like it's sped up. I still can't figure it out. Because remember, he's hitting those staccato notes, and then he's hitting a chord at the same time. That's what I don't get. I watch the videos. It's amazing. It looks like he's typing on a typewriter, like super fast. And it looks like he's only doing the staccato and not those chords. But somehow they're all coming in. It it seems like he's faking it. Like there's something, there's got to be another, and it's weird because on all of the performances, the 77, 76 ones, 80s, there's another guy with a keyboard and you're like, no, no, I see that guy, but we know he's actually doing it himself. And this is the kind of song that solidified him because he, you, when you make a song like this, he goes, I bet you I could do Wipeout with a piano, which is, we all know that's what it's based on with the drums. You know, you know how it starts. And he's like, Let's, what if I could do that on the piano? And the fact that he did it and the way it is just, you know, he's like, I'm going to show everybody seriously. I know I made an album called The Piano Man, but I'm going to really now show everybody I'm serious and I'm really good at this. <laughs> like, because that's when you are uh, a genius and an artist, when you're saying, what if you could play something like this and then you prove that you can? Yeah, it's a virtuoso performance. It just shows his chops. Like, it's incredibly fast. And not only is it fast, but it's also musically, it's great. It's very diverse because everyone else has great parts, too. Like, Liberty DeVito's drums are probably his best drums on any Billy Joel song in this song. 
you're so right about that. It's amazing. And he's so into it too. Again, you know, we've been watching the videos and especially early on when the song came out, the seventies videos, the Connecticut one you see in that 76 performance, he's so into it. Cause first of all, every artist loves doing their new stuff. So this was his new song, let alone his voice sounds amazing. You know, 76. And then I get so upset because in that 82 one, He's got those stupid cigarettes all in a row, all laid out so he can smoke one after the other, which, of course, is why I hate all my life. And it's all cigarette smoking. And when you hear this angelic voice coming out of this guy that can also play the piano, it's not even fair. It just bothers the hell out of me. But, yeah, you can see the love of this song in the perform in that early performance and then him clapping rapidly and like so into it. And he's at the piano. He's making the motions, doing the Jesus, the cross. And he's so into it. And then you can see in 82, he can't even do that anymore. And Mark Rivera is doing the clapping and really into it because that's his first performance working for Billy Joel. And he's doing the big clapping to keep up with the beat. Yeah, what I what I like about all of the live performances, because there's so many videos online of, of them playing this song from 76 to 82, like you're saying, even later, is that it's so consistent. It's such a hard song to play but they nail it every single time. So when I was trying to do this song or whatever song I was trying to do, I had a little Casio keyboard on top of my piano to emulate this song so I could play the electric keyboards and a regular piano at the same time like he did, which was the coolest thing I had ever seen at that time. And could you pull it off? No, (laughs) nobody can. It's ridiculous. He doesn't even do it anymore. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he hasn't played this live since January 2017. It's a young man's song, and you'll notice that when he does play it live, he has to open up the show. You can't play it an hour and a half into the concert. Most On all the live albums, you see he opens it up, with, and it's a great song to open up. It's no problem, but they keep it clearly in the top five opening songs because you, you can't play for an hour and a half, especially the older you get, and pick up this song you know just at the end it's impossible it's like the same thing with uh innocent man he's probably got to play that early on because he can't hit those high notes later on in the show yeah totally it's a great opening song also just that blast of piano you know imagine like the crowd's waiting it's quiet and then all of a sudden you hear that opening that wipeout opening that just pumps you up so much and what's cool is that the song never relents it's like it's got this fast pumping up opening with prelude and then the song itself is also fast and the energy is so strong throughout this whole song that it just if you're at a concert and you hear this, it's just going to get you going for the rest of the next two hours. Yeah. Um, now, I got something hilarious for you that I would like to play for you and our listeners. OK, it's uh, now he performed this on the Mike Douglas show. Yeah, I watched that one. Right. Now you're too young to remember the Mike Douglas show, but I play this on my podcast all the time. I'm going to play this clip for you right now, which uh, I'm going to play the opening because it's hilarious of this. It has not, it's not the Billy Joel one. It's just a random opening. This guy, this guy had the most popular show. It was a daytime show in the seventies. And he was so out of touch that it's just stupid that Billy Joel played this song on his show 
but it was a high honor to be on his show. But you can't even believe that he had somebody like Billy playing angry young man on his show. I don't think there's any way he appreciated it. And you can, but listen to this lineup of the people on this show in July 1977. Are you ready? Yeah. Welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. I'm Richard Thomas, and I'm Mike's co-host. With us on the show will be, from the new film Star Wars, Carrie Fisher, <laughs> Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford. From the Cincinnati Reds, Pete Rose, and Tom Seaver, singer Billy Paul, and the mime troupe, Mummenschanz. That's my favorite part, of course. And the mime troupe, Mummenschanz. <laughs> but it, what's better? Than, from the new film, Star Wars. So then it gets even... I mean, this guy's so out of touch. This is the opening scene. Wait do, do you hear this part. Star Wars is a blockbuster motion picture that has everything a good movie should have. It has excitement, action, fun. And Star Wars has a few things that no other motion picture has ever had. A robot named C-3PO that talks, and one named R2-D2, who just beeps and clicks. It has the fearsome stormtroopers of a galactic empire and a hundred-year-old Wookiee, whatever that is. But in addition to all that, the movie has, as one of its stars, our next guest. She plays a lovely princess who's the pawn in an intergalactic struggle for power. What a movie it is. Please welcome. I'm guessing he never even saw that movie. He's no way. So at a it's got a and a and an R two D two just goes beep bop boop bop, <laughs> <laughs> and the, and here's this guy. He's got this popular show, and he's got Billy Joel performing "Angry Young Man" live. And I guarantee he's like, I don't know who this Billy Joel kid is, but uh, what? I guess we'll have him on. Yeah. And that's the first thing I thought of when I saw him. Like, I can't believe he was doing this song on that. This guy who's so out of touch, even in 1970. There's a movie. It's uh, from the new picture, Star Wars. A 100-year-old Wookiee. <laughs> I never knew uh, Chewbacca was 100 years old. That's a, that's a big, uh, that's breaking news right there on our podcast. Mike it's, Douglas tells you the age of Chewbacca. Anyway, that. But it's, yeah, it's funny that, that I didn't know Mike Douglas was a morning show or a daytime show because to play a song of this much energy, like you figure it's like housewives are watching this at 2 p.m. Yep. And then Billy's just like, and his band are going crazy. It was on at 4 p.m. Oh, well, 4 p.m. is different. That's okay. <laughs> well, it was a very strange time, but it was a very popular show, and they taped it in Philadelphia. So, yeah, I mean, but that was like the most popular show. I just had to play it because it's the funniest lineup of all time. And and Pete Rose and Harrison and Ford. <laughs> I don't understand. It's like a one-hour show, and he has 48 guests on it. Yep. yep. Does he even talk, or he just brings out like th everyone at once just to say hi and wave and then get off? No, he brings them out one at a time, usually. And you, and he would always have a co-host every week. This guy, Richard Thomas, was in the show called The Waltons, which was huge back then. And he, John Lennon and Yoko used to co-host all the time. Lennon used to be on all the time. <laughs> Nobody oh, is that why. where that clip from Forrest Gump comes from? Yeah. Yeah, no personality whatsoever. It was very odd. I don't know how he got a show. That's what people did back then. They all, Ed Sullivan, Mike Douglas, no personality. And somehow they hosted a show. Well, what's he doing nowadays? I think he's dead. Oh. 
You know, another song that Angry Young Man reminds me of that opening is Pinball Wizard by The Who, because it's like really, really fast. And then power chord, power chord. Yeah, you're right. I love uh, that song, Pinball Wizard. I hadn't thought about that. And actually, Pinball Wizard was first. Yeah, 1969. We just keep finding stuff about Billy Joe that he keeps ripping off. We're horrible. Yeah, well, I'm not calling this one a ripoff. I'm just saying, like, they had a similar kind of feel to the opening. That that was, uh, you know, it, it worked. And maybe maybe The Who also was inspired by Wipeout. Elon, everybody knows you just hate Billy Joel. I'm bringing this guy down a peg. <laughs> Him and his 30th best song, Angry Young Man. I, I think before this show, I should have looked at his whole catalog and really classified, like, what could be better than this song? Because now, as, I, as we're doing this, I'm like, maybe 30 was too low, because I do like the song a lot. But I think it's just peer pressure. I think you're pressuring me into making this a top five. No, I think what happens is once we start talking about it and we get into it ourselves, we like it more. I mean, listen, that's what's happened with this entire podcast. These songs that I don't even know, I'm like getting into because we're talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you're, I'm listening to your point of view. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, maybe you're right. You know, so I don't know. I think that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I think everyone loves this song uh, because Billy plays it a million times live, even though he hasn't played it since 2017. He's played it a total of 543 times. It's his ninth most played song. Everybody loves it. You go to the concert, you're waiting for those furious keys to start chopping, you know, and I mean, it's just that, you know, you know, that's going to get a crowd reaction. Yeah, totally. It's insane. In fact, they could probably play it more if he just stops playing it, if they just let the other guy on the keyboards do it. But I wonder if anyone else can do it. I bet you there's the keyboard players he gets probably can't do it. You know, that's something too. It's like he invented it and it's really like a regular person who's really good at the piano probably can't even do that. Yeah. It would be like a pre-programmed thing where they just press a button and you would have the intro go and then he would just fill in the notes in between. But Billy Joel would never do that. Well, of course he wouldn't, but I'm just saying it's funny. That could be something if you had a child project, prodigy project, prodigy yeah well clearly you're not one (laughs) (laughs) clearly uh and if you if you had somebody on youtube who was doing that that intro it would go viral instantly yeah so listeners if you're out there and you're a child prodigy i know we do have some piano playing listeners show us your best angry young man yes or even if you can pronounce the word prodigy yeah you could impress us with very little just say the word prodigy correctly and we will put you into mensa you know, not only is the musically is it hard to play this song, but to even sing the lyrics correctly is really hard. Like there's so many words in this song and they're so fast. So for Billy to even be able to hit that, not that the, that it's like hard notes like an innocent man, but to just get all the words out is hard. You're talking about him going crazy on the piano at first, which is a lot of work. And again, watching it live is amazing. And then you have to sing. I can't even imagine. You know, I can barely walk up the steps. Yeah. And and then he's clapping along like a flamenco dancer. Yep. Yeah. Like a flamingo dance. You're right. And it's amazing. He doesn't do that anymore. But those early ones. Yeah. He's clapping along. He's like, come on, everybody, get into it. What's the matter with you? Yeah. I always feel like the band probably looks at him like, yeah, we're on. We're on time. We know what we're doing. Because it kind of looks like he's being like, this is the this is the beat. This is the beat. I always felt like the band looks like they love playing the intro and the end, obviously. But during the verses, they seem a little bored because they're kind of like, you know, because it's so that part is like I was saying before, there's not as much for them to do at that part. And they're kind of like, well, when can we get back to the uh, to the fun stuff? Well, it's time for the trivia portion of our show. Dave, do you have a good stumper for me? I have an interesting one. I think you'll know where it's coming from. It's about the Mike Douglas show. <laughs> I've heard of that five minutes ago. Obsessed. 
There is a famous stand-up comedian who emulated, if I use the pronoun, then you'll, you might figure it out easily, but I'm just going to say it, who emulated her show after the Mike Douglas show. Who is that comedian? Okay, so it's a comedian who had a daytime talk show. Correct. Ellen DeGeneres? Incorrect. Okay, I'll take one more guess. Rosie O'Donnell? Yes. Really? Yeah, it's a fact. You can ask her. In fact, it's probably even on Wikipedia, I'm assuming. I I, I just know this fact. But yeah, she emulated it after the Mike Douglas show. We all grew up with that Mike Douglas show. And as boring as he was, it was the show. I mean, he did have Billy Joel playing Angry Young Man. And he had John Lennon and unfortunately Yoko uh, joining him once a week as co-hosts, which means they were on five five days you know, out of the week as the co-host. Can you imagine? So he's having... Pete Rose from the Cincinnati Reds, and he's talking to John Lennon, and John Lennon's like, so how many home runs do you usually hit in a year? (laughs) How many touchdowns do you get? Right, right, because he doesn't know that. They don't know about baseball. (laughs) Is it like cricket? Yeah, I always wonder whether John Lennon went on that as a a joke or uh, whether he really liked Mike Douglas, but I think a lot of, you know, he had a lot of music. He was like, remember when Conan, well, you wouldn't remember, but when Conan first came on, he used to have musicians that nobody had and letterman did it too when they were in the late night spot 12 30 they would have musicians that people wouldn't have on and so mike douglas was having the big boys on you know other than johnny carson wouldn't put people on like that i don't think billy joe was on the tonight show until much later i don't think he was promoting turnstiles on the tonight show and mike douglas had him on right so mike douglas had some credibility with the artists because he would actually help break people somehow he did i mean seriously if john lennon says i love doing the mike douglas show that automatically gives you credibility that simply i also feel like yoko ono probably was like this is like quintessential americana we have to be part of this like as if some kind of like art thing to be part of the mike douglas show well if you listen to her talking she just brings down the show even more cuz like john's like saying something cool and goes yes that's true you know, we're all people on this planet. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And that's the worst part. He's like, hey, uh, Mike, I, I'd love to come on the show. Um, but of course, I'm going to have to bring Yoko, whatever it takes. Because, <laughs> listen, none of us are going to say, can you imagine if he was alive and he'd be like, can I do your podcast? <laughs> like, yeah. And you're OK with Yoko coming? Uh, OK. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, she's she's great. We, we yeah, she's great. Are you kidding? It- if, if she wants to do it without you, that's fine also. That's, we're totally cool with that. Well, so, if Yoko's listening, she could be on our show. If she wants to be on it, we will let her be on it, uh, maybe during our uh, retrospective episodes about the songs that remind us of uh, the Beatles. She could tell us how she ruined the band. It's true, though. We're completely two-faced, so we would absolutely put her on. A hundred percent. Do you have a trivia question for me? So. Yeah, I do. So my trivia question has to do with the lyrics of this song. It's It's got a lot of words. It's very dense, but he repeats a lot of words. Um, so my question is, what word in the English language does Billy Joel say the most in Angry Young Men? World? No, that's a good guess. He says world a lot. I took a chance. I really it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a small word. It's not like an interesting word. There? <laughs> <laughs> no, the answer is and. Oh, that's a stupid trivia yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to sit there counting last night. He says and 28 times. That that's a lot, lot of ands. That is a lot of songs. And he also says he 26 times, his 20 times, and he says angry eight times. I used to, my favorite, when I first heard that song, I love that the guy had maps on the floor 
and that made him crazy because but i was like why is that crazy i love maps so i always consider myself an angry young man so i thought the song spoke to me and i always had maps on the floor i loved maps this is before you know you could have ways or whatever i would go to long island with a map and just you know that detailed map and i loved it i never asked for directions i would find my own way so i was that angry young man i didn't have medals on the floor but i had my maps on the floor so i loved that line and the best part of course is that it changes to an angry old man later and i'm like oh damn it i know that's going to be me and it was (laughs) i think this song was about me elon I, I totally believe that. I, yeah. I really do. You know, I've read that the song is about someone who's kind of stuck in the 60s and isn't changing their ways. That's that's, a little, that's part of the backstory of it. And that kind of reminds me of All You Want to Do is Dance, where it's about a girl who's stuck in the 60s. And I feel like if Angry Young Man and All You Want to Do is Dance Girl could just get together, uh, they would have had a kid probably like you. Yeah. Well, you heard about who it's based on, right? His manager, who was just really angry and just like god oh, this sucks we're on the mike douglas show today and he's like i can't do this anymore and then he's like i gotta i gotta let this guy go he's just too angry hey yeah what that, an that idea was... <laughs> then a light bulb goes off on his head <laughs> he's angry and how old is he 22 that's pretty young and um let's see someone go next to him in the bathroom and tell me what his gender is man we've got it So, Dave, it probably comes as no surprise to you that I've uncovered another Weird Al song based on Angry Young Man. It is logical. <laughs> my For our listeners, <laughs> somehow there's always one of these. This one um, is called Caramel Flan. Okay, that might have been the worst title ever so far, but go on. <laughs> you know, he might have, you know... <laughs> called it caramel flan which might be the proper pronunciation but you know it's got to rhyme with man so we're gonna go with caramel flan uh and i will sing you the first verse i'm just before you begin i just want to say that last night you told me you had a good one i'm not excited about the title <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, do, I didn't want to tell you the title because that would give away how good this song is <laughs> but of course if it's going to be a weird al kind of song it's got to have a food and why not caramel flan there are not enough songs written about that delicious dessert well i could tell you why not but go on okay gotta get the vocal cords massaged this is a tough one okay <laughs> there's a place in the fridge for the caramel flan to the right of the leftover honey glazed ham it's bouncy like jello but creamy like soup and it's perfectly round like a sweet hula hoop but your lactose intolerant brother will scream because it's loaded with milk and topped with whipped cream. So he better not try any caramel flan. Hey, now. Actually, that, I, that was excellent. It was making me laugh the whole way. <laughs> it's just the title that sucks. And that last line, <laughs> the caramel flan. Everything else was brilliant. <laughs> I think it should be one. a full song. That's the best one so far. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> By our 12th song in the A's, we finally mastered the parody. That was Angry Young Man. If you like our podcast, be sure to leave us a nice review. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Should we have put this in the P's? Was my ranking way too low? Have you ever made Caramel Flan? Until next time, I'm Alon Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Does he hangs on his cross and he likes to be known as the angry young man.